You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. As we get into part five, we're going to close out our sermon series on the topic of tapestry. Scripture says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we, verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Somebody say, I am God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to be right here in your presence. We thank you, Lord God, that as we gather together, we do so in Jesus' name. We ask your Holy Spirit to be ever real. And Lord, as we learn what your scripture says, and Lord, as we understand the principles you give us, we just pray that your presence would not only fill this place, but our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Holy Spirit, you do what you need to do. Amen. You may be seated. Ephesians 2.8 says this from the New Living Translation. God saved you by his grace. Is there anybody here that is grateful for the grace of God? Where would we be if it wasn't for the grace of God? And it says, when you believed, or another version says, it is by grace you are saved by faith. So we saved by grace or saved by faith? Grace is what God extends to us. Faith is what we extend to God. I have faith in God. He extends to us our grace. And then it says, salvation is our reward for the not a reward for the good things we have done. In other words, you can't get to heaven. You can't have salvation based on your works. A lot of people today uh, believe that salvation is by works. I will work my way to heaven. No, that is not what scripture teaches. But I love verse 10. For we are our God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Today we want to talk about this theme as we close out our five-part series on tapestry. We've been talking about the grand weaver, Jesus Christ. Today we want to look at another part of God Almighty as he is not just a grand weaver, but he is also the great artist who works on you and I as a masterpiece. Art is a great avenue of expressions. And sometimes art is expressed in a form of a tapestry that we've been talking about. Or more, more, uh, for example, paintings like we're going to see today. Or perhaps maybe sculpting. Sculptures have always amazed me. Perhaps, Perhaps you've heard of the man who carved out of logs using a chainsaw. What did he do? He, he, shaped, he did something in the shape of an angry bear. And uh, he loved for people to ask him, how in the world did you sculpt that bear? And he would simply say, I just cut everything away that didn't look like an angry bear. (laughs) That kind of makes sense, huh? 
Now, speaking of sculpting, in addition to Mount Rushmore, Gutzin Borglum's great work as a sculptor, one of his great works was the head of President Abraham Lincoln, that is in the capital of Washington, D.C., and he cut it from a large square block of stone in the studio. One day, when the face of President Lincoln was starting to become recognizable from what he was doing, a young girl was visiting in the studio with her parents, and she looked at that half-done face of President Lincoln, and her eyes were registering with astonishment. She stared at the piece of uh, for a moment, and then she ran to the sculptor, and she asked the question, is that Abraham Lincoln? Yes, he said. Well, the little girl responded, how in the world did you know that he was inside there? <laughs> Sometimes they, you know, how does that happen here? Okay. Uh, but actually, it's the work of a, of a great, great artist. Okay. And I've noticed that God has a way of chipping away things in your life and mine to, uh, and what remains is something beautiful. He's got a way of, of chipping the things that we don't need in our life. How many know there's things in your life and mine that we just don't need or, or, you know, just got to take it out of our lives, right? God is a master sculptor. He is a grand weaver who is busy working on you. And you are like a tapestry, a work of art. He is the master artist. Well, your life is, is like a, a canvas, and I'd like to say maybe a, an art canvas. What we have in front of us is a, is a canvas, and I'm not much of, a, of an artist, of a, of a painter. But, you know, sometimes I just kind of uh, look and see, well, you know, can, uh, can I do something with something like this? And, you know, I'm, I may just look and say, well, you know what, I'll just um, put a little, a little dot there. And, you know, and I, as I look at that, I'm thinking, uh-oh, I, I, I made a mess. I made a mess, and and sometimes when we put something like that, you, you I may ask you the question, you know, uh, what what do you see there? What what do you see? And you may say, well, I see a dot. I see a little bit of a mess. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that God has a way of of taking our mess and to making it something like a a, a masterpiece, something uh, more beautiful. Once again, we tend to look at the mess. We tend to look at the dot. But you know what God sees? Can I tell you something? When God sees the, the canvas of your life, he sees a whole bunch of potential. We tend to focus on the negative things, the little dot here, the little thing here, the little thing that happened years ago, the thing that happened there. But God sees a whole lot of potential. Do you know what I'm talking about? And God can take the negative things in our life and turn it around to something good. Well, I'm going to give you some masterpiece lessons. And the first thing I want to say is this. Masterpiece lesson number one, when God sees you, he sees spiritual potential. Now, I'm not an artist, but Keely is. Would you welcome Keely Carnahan? Mm -hmm. And I know I mess things up, Keely, but you know what? Kind of like God, God can take something that's a little bit messy and turn it into something absolutely great. It reminds me, as we look at Masterpiece Lesson Number 1, when, when God sees you, he sees spiritual potential. He sees the big picture. He sees what you could become. Reminds me of the passage of Scripture that's found in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. It's when, when uh, David was uh, being uh, looked upon as a, perhaps a future king. And it says right here, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Once again, what we see may be different from something that God 
sees. God sees things in a whole new different way. You see, God has a way of looking beyond your faults, and he sees the potential of your life. We tend to focus on, well, this happened to me years ago. Twelve years ago, I had to deal with this, or or six years ago, this happened to me. But God has a way of saying, you know what, I'm going to look beyond that, and I'm going to see the potential in your life. We must understand that. Masterpiece lesson number two, before God can use you, he must stretch you. Now, before this canvas was put right here, one of the things we must know is that if you're an artist, artists got to stretch the canvas. If the canvas is not stretched, there's, you know, you can't really, who knows what's going to happen on the canvas. A canvas, if it's going to be used to its potential, must be stretched. Kind of like what God does to you and I. When, uh, when God, if God was, is going to use you, he's got to first stretch you. And it's important for us to understand that. And today, I rem- that re- I'm reminded of what's, what's recorded in John chapter 6. It's a story of when God was about, through Jesus, to work a miracle. And the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And there's an interesting passage from the message in verses 5 and 6. When once again, Jesus was about to perform a miracle. And what did he do? He began to, as the message says, stretch the faith. Let me read it to you. It says, when Jesus looked out and saw a large crowd that had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. So what, what was happening here? Jesus says, you know what? Uh, what are we going to do to feed these people? Jesus knew that a miracle was on its way, but he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Once again, when your faith is being stretched, it could very well be that Jesus is on the verge of working a miracle in your life. But first, God stretches you. And sometimes we just allow God to use a little part of our life. But when we're stretched, we're actually not only expanding our potential, but giving God a bigger space to work with. Giving God just a little space in your life limits your potential. How does God stretch us? Let me give you a few examples. You've got an unsaved coworker. Every time you get the urge to share your faith with her, you get a little nervous about sharing your faith. What's happening? God is stretching you. Your daily schedule is busy. You have things to do, places to go, and people to meet. To take 20, 30 minutes a day to have your daily devotions, read the word, read your devotions, pray with God, something more my daily calendar. I don't know if I can do that. That's a stretch. Yeah, that's right. God is stretching you so that you can reach your potential. You look at your finances and it looks like you just have enough money to pay the bills this month and nothing extra. But then you remember about giving to God. How in the world would I be able to pay my bills if I give to God? You know what God's doing? He is stretching your faith. Do you have enough faith to believe that God will meet your needs? One more example of how God stretches us. Someone does you wrong. Someone someone you trusted has turned against you. You were angry. You want to give them a piece of your mind. And instead of retaliating, you are convicted that you need to forgive them. Forgive them after what they did? That's a stretch. 
That's exactly what God is doing. He's stretching you. He's stretching you to handle those situations. So I ask you today, how is God stretching you? Masterpiece lesson number three. Before God can begin his work, he must clean you up. An artist knows that right before he or she is going to do this beautiful work of art, got to clean the canvas. Make sure the canvas is clean because if there's anything on the canvas, it could very well ruin the work of art. Reminds me of what, what the Word of God says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God has a way of forgiving us, and God has a way of cleansing us. We need both. 1 John 1, 9 says, once again, it's a reminder, what does God do? Two things. He forgives us of our sins, and number two, he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And today, I want to encourage you to know what God can do in your life. He must clean you up. He cleans us up so that we can be the individuals that he intended us to to be. Masterpiece lesson number four. God knows the right tools to use to make you his masterpiece. He knows the right tools to make you his masterpiece. Now, I don't know much about art, but I know that you've got to have special tools, special brushes, special kinds of paint. There's a whole lot of things that go into making a work of art beautiful. God knows exactly the tools to use on your life. He knows exactly what to use to make you his masterpiece. And maybe the tools he uses for one person may be different than the tools he uses for someone else. Kind of reminds me of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. Scripture says, In a large house there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Now, what does that mean? It means that God uses certain instruments to sharpen you and I to use for his honor and glory. My friend, you are someone that God can use for his honor and glory. But once again, what does he got to do? He's got to stretch us. He's got to clean us up. And then he chooses the right tools. And you know what? God knows exactly the right tools. He knows who you need in your life to make you his masterpiece. He knows what you need in your life to make you his masterpiece. I love that. Now, going back to our scripture that we started off with that says we are God's masterpiece, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Says God saved you by his grace, amen, for his grace. When you believed, when you had faith in the Lord, amen, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. How many of you know that your salvation is a gift from God, amen? Salvation is not a reward for the good things. In other words, you're not going to heaven based on what you've done so that we can boast about it. No, verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, if you go to the original Greek in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the word 
masterpiece, and the NIV it uses the word workmanship, is the word poema, which means uniquely created. My friend, there's not another person like you. God has created you in a unique way. He has fashioned you to be the individual that he needed you to be. There's no one else like you. He created you in a very special and unique way. You are his masterpiece. You are his workmanship. When I was a teenager, I wore this button, and all the button said was P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. What in the world is that? And when anybody would ask me, I said, it means this, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. <laughs> is there anybody here who knows that we are a work in progress? Are you a work in I'm a work in progress. God is working on me, and God is working on you as well. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Maybe that should be your mantra as it is with me sometimes. You know what? I'm far from perfect, but I do know that God is working on me. I am God's masterpiece. Here's a great life lesson. Your parents determined the circumstances of your birth. God determined the masterpiece of your life. Another thing I see about this artwork is I look at the frame of this canvas I notice how this frame is formed. Uh, in this frame, there's a, there's a wood frame around it, and pieces of wood are nailed together to create this frame. Nails are put into the frame, and then a hammer is used. So I think about that in wood and hammer and, and nails, and I think about the cross. I think about how on the cross of Calvary there was wood, there was a hammer, there was, and there were nails that nailed the Son of God to the cross. And when God used wood and hammer and nails, it was to nail your sins and mine to the cross. And God uses that to form the canvas to bring you and I life and life eternal. Kind of reminds me of these crosses. Some of you may even have this. The Adult and Teen Challenge does a great job in making these crosses as a wood shop. And I don't know if you know the story behind this. Some of you have these crosses, but uh, they're, they're beautiful. But a, a number of years ago, what, what took place is that there was a, a wood shop that was throwing away a bunch of wood. And they said, you know what, let me call Teen Challenge and see if they, could, if they want this discarded wood. They were going to throw it away. So, what, so Teen Challenge says, yeah, we'll take it. They created a wood shop, and they started to take the discarded pieces of wood that they were, were going on the verge of being thrown away, and they started to carve beautiful crosses out of it. And, and they now make thousands and thousands of these beautiful crosses made out of thrown away, discarded wood. That kind of reminds us of your life and mine. We were discarded. We were left for nothing. We were, you know, could God use something out of something that was about to be thrown away? God takes the discarded individuals, and he makes us into something beautiful. I love this quote from Ravi Zacharias. Let me give it to you. He says this, Once you begin to see God's hand in your life, you will know that his workmanship within you and through you was tailor-made just for you. His design for your life pulls together every thread of your existence 
into a magnificent work of art. He says every thread matters and has a specific purpose. We've been talking the last few weeks about God's tapestry, how the threads, every circumstance in your life and mine is like a thread that God uses to create a beautiful tapestry. Every individual that's been in our lives from the time we were born to now, those who who lifted us up and those who were challenging, okay, those who were difficult, they serve as a thread to make a beautiful tapestry. That's what we've been talking about. And likewise, every color in, in, in our lives, as I look at this tapestry, every color has a unique meaning to all that is done, and it it's, it's, comes out to be something beautiful. See, only God can turn your test into a testimony. Only God can turn your tragedy into a triumph. Only God can take your mess into a masterpiece. Over 100 years ago, a group of fishermen were relaxing in a Scottish seaside inn. One of the men gestured widely, and as, as, as he did that, his arm struck the waitresses holding a tea tray, and a teapot flew, uh, flew across uh, the room a few feet away and hit the whitewashed wall. The innkeeper saw what, ha- what happened. He says, oh, this tea just damaged my white wall. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to repaint the whole thing. Well, it was at that point that a stranger said, well, perhaps not. Let me work on it. And having nothing to lose, the owner said, uh, you know what, uh, let me go ahead and do that. So this man pulled out his pencils and his brushes and his art box. And, uh, and after a few minutes, a beautiful picture began to emerge. It was a picture of a beautiful deer with beautiful antlers. The man inscribed his signature at the bottom of this beautiful artwork, paid for his meal, and left. Sir Edwin Landseer, he was a famous painter of wildlife. And what was going to be a mess on this wall of an inn turned out to be something absolutely beautiful. That mistake turned into a masterpiece. That's what God does for you and I over and over. And today we see what God does in our lives. And he sees an expression of love with everything that he does. Now, some of you may say, but could God take all the the negative things in my life and turn it around to something good? Yes, he can. Only God can do that. Can God take all the junk in my life and turn it around? Yes, he can. Only God can do that. And let me tell you very quickly how God can turn around. He does it for you and I, and he does it in a beautiful way. Now, some of you may say, uh, Pastor Andy, you know, uh, 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 you said a while ago that I am God's masterpiece. Yes, you are. But wait a minute, this, this is a picture of Jesus. Yes, but can I remind you, you are a reflection of Jesus. You are a reflection of Jesus. I got to tell you a story about something valuable. In 1999, let me ask you this. How many of you saw the movie, the kids' movie, Stuart Little? Anybody see that, that, that movie, Stuart Little? I saw that. It's a movie about a mouse. Well, about 10 years later in 2009, a man and his daughter were watching the movie. The man, his name was Gurgli Burkai from the country of Hungary. And this particular scene that is seen on the screen, his eyes caught attention to the painting on the wall. 
and he noticed that that painting on the wall in this movie was a very valuable painting by a world-famous artist named Robert Bereni. Well, Barkey knew that this painting had not been seen since 1928, and there it is. He sees it in a Stuart Little movie. He made some phone calls, sent some emails to contact the people who made the movie, and finally, after a few months, he got a hold of somebody, the assistant set designer for the movie Stuart Little. She said, oh, yeah, I bought the painting for $500 and thought it would be good to put it in the movie set. Now it is hanging on the wall of my apartment in Los Angeles. Balky told this set designer, do you realize that this painting is worth $285,000? Wow. Now, when I and my kids saw this movie in 1999, can I tell you something? I, I, didn't, notice the, I, I didn't notice that painting. Didn't even notice it. No, no, no. But little did, did, did I know or anybody, there's a $285,000 beautiful painting there on, on the set of Stuart Little. You see, what I'm saying is uh, God has a way of taking uh, something that we may not understand and see, you know what, God makes something beautiful out of it, okay? I, I started this and put a little dot on there, and you know what, I, I, I kind of, I was, I'm not a good artist. I messed this up. But Keeley came in and kind of turned it around for the good. That's what God does. We may say, oh, I, I, I have all these... I, My life is a mess. God has a way of turning things around so that we can be a reflection of him. Perhaps today you're thinking, could God make something beautiful out of my life? I've had so many ups and downs, more downs than ups. I've had so many ebbs and flows. I've had so many dark times in my life. Could God add color? Yes, God has a way of taking a mess and making it a masterpiece. God has a way of turning things around and making things beautiful. What I like about this painting right here that stands before us, it is the beauty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are a reflection of the Lord. And as we look at this, I ask you the question, do you see yourself, when when you see yourself, do you see Christ in you? Hopefully you do, because God wants you to be his masterpiece. God wants you to look just like his son. That's what we're created to be. That's why it says in Ephesians 2, 8, that he was, we are his masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. Our life is all about Jesus. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast. Fortress Church is located in San Antonio, Texas, near Bandera and Pru Road. For more information, check us out at www.fortresschurch.org.